Okay, so very first day of Google Plus Pages. Dane, what are you doing? I think he's brushing his teeth. Are you brushing your teeth? <laughs> do you wait? Do you seriously I, wait until I say, okay, I'm going to record? I usually don't even tell you I'm going to record. Today, I give you the benefit because you bitch and moan and you say, you got to tell me when you record. And today, I tell you I'm going to record and then you brush your teeth. Tell me, did you hear that? Is that what you're hearing? Oh my that's, God, yes. That's, it's horrible. It's that's so that's funny. That's a horrible sound. Oh, is it stubble? Ooh. Can you hear that? Yes. What are you doing? This is like horrible (laughs) biological sounds. I'm really uncomfortable right now. I honestly was wiping my nose with the Kleenex. Wiping, Uh, just wiping, not blowing. So is it the man? I didn't know that was. (laughs) Are you using the your building's community hanky? Right? Is that how that you have a single hanky on a gold (laughs) ring? You know, box X. It's all. Oh my gosh! All above board. Okay, so oh, back to out loud. regularly scheduled. Why topic. can't we we derail? Why can't we derailed in the first four <laughs> seconds? I'll just That's do that. So first day of Google Plus since searching. This is Danny Sullivan talking about. He's at everybody's at PubCon. Danny Sullivan is uh, the proprietor of uh, the good and wise search engine land uh, site, which is awesome. And he says the very first day of Google Plus Pages launch sent as much traffic as Facebook. Now you. Bum, bum, bum. You were going to say something, Megan. So I told I you that, and then you you like is... you let me hang me out there. What is? What no, do you no, 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 no. I was. Wait, I, it was dramatic pause. Oh. Okay. What I was going to say was that at Blog World, that is precisely what people were talking about. Was how Google is now indexing uh, content from Facebook, Twitter, um, and other social platforms differently than it is for Google Plus. No shock. So. A lot of these big social media, new media folks were really pushing Google Plus for that very reason, for SEO reasons, because it is Google owns it. So, well, I think we all sort of saw that coming, right? But I don't exactly. think I don't think we necessarily knew what the implications would be. The and pages, I, think, yeah. I, I wonder. I mean, I don't know, Dane. Have you seen any? I mean, I know you don't do much on it, sort of personally, but are you seeing? People talk in your circles talking about this effect. Um, I haven't yet. No. Have you been sleeping? <laughs> I've been. Oh, I should tell you about sleeping. All right, but first we got to go back and talk more about blog. You don't want to be derailed. <laughs> no, because you know Meg, we missed Megan no, I, last I, week. I was very excited to have her back. We do tell we us about to, what she we experienced. <laughs> we need the info. Uh huh. Um. Well, it was actually, so as far as conferences go, I mean, I always have a great time at these conferences meeting new people. That is the absolute number one reason that I go to these sorts of things. Um, So just meeting new people and catching up with folks that I, you know, either know via Twitter or have you met in the past. So um, one of my favorite people that I met was Rob Hatch, who, from my perspective, is interesting to me because he runs the 501 Mission Place, which is like a community for nonprofit professionals. But he also is the, the kind of the operations guy behind Chris Brogan's human business work. So that's why he might be interesting to other people. But um, so I just really I really loved meeting him and we had a, a lot to talk about. So that was a really fun connection for me. And then, of course, all the nonprofit folks I met were fantastic, um, which you guys don't care about at all. But I do. No, no we totally um, can't. Come on. But so the thing we about, care about World, caring, I was there with other people who have been to Blog World in the past. And right. they said this Blog World, because it was split east and west this time, was much smaller and sort of underwhelming, I guess, to them because it was, there weren't as many people. Um, well, how many, so, like how many people are we talking? What was the overall traffic? Do you know? Do you have you any? Know, uh, I think they said it was like, I thought they said it was like 4,000. It did not feel like that many people at all. Wow. Um, so, you know, and the keynotes were okay. Um, but some of them were just, I thought, you know, if you're going to get a thousand people in a room for a keynote, it should be a lot more interesting than this. But I did like some of the sessions I went to. Pat Flynn's was my favorite, favorite. He did a really fantastic job just being super, super practical about how to, you know, kind of his model of how he's linked, you know, his blog and podcast and uh, video and why he's done what he's done and how he's been as successful as he has. And he was just insanely practical, which is always fantastic he's the he's the be everywhere guy right you've got to be everywhere is that 
Is that his shtick? Is that his shtick? I don't. The, he didn't say that during his presentation, but you know, but he the, but sort the, of is everywhere. He's the smart passive, the passive income, passive income guy. Yeah, yeah, passive income guy. Okay. Um. So he was fantastic. Um. Trying to think of anything else really exciting, and then you know, of course, there were great parties. They did a very nice job with, um, you know, helping people feel included and. Just having nice events. Chris Brogan actually blogged about the first night event, which was lovely. It was on this like rooftop overlooking LA, um, and it was just fantastic. So that so that was fun. But anyway, so I know that's probably not exactly what you wanted to hear. Well, no, I want to hear some. I want to hear some key lessons learned because you came back. First of all, you came back all gangbusters about doing a podcast. Why is why is is podcasting podcasting important? Um, well, you know what's so weird is that Blog World has a whole podcasting component, but I didn't really. I only went to maybe one of those sessions. Um, but I don't know. It's just it sort of felt like. You know when you find out that you have a long lost cousin, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I knew something was missing in my life. I sort of feel that way about my content that there's there's been something missing, and so I don't know. I just kept looking to a colleague of mine that was with me for a lot of the sessions, and we just kind of kept elbowing each other like, we need to do a podcast, we need to do a podcast. So it's just I don't know. Something just gelled. It wasn't anything in particular, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just. Anyway, so that's I did come out of it thinking podcast, and I'm glad that I am co-hosted this. <laughs> that podcast. you've been co-hosting one for the last two years. That's and by the way, Dane, you need to send me your address because I have a, I have I know. a gift for you. I can't wait. It's going to be really cool. Really, you're going to you're going to be really well, excited. excited. I don't know about that, but <laughs> but I was thinking of you too. So that anyway. is so sweet. So anyway, that I see. I can be sweet, Dane. Warms my I'm heart. Not always, I'm not always sassy. Not always what. Oh, sassy. sassy. Excellent. Nice. So anyway, but okay. you know, it it was weird being at an event like that, especially, I guess I'm not a, as much of a fangirl as some people are because I like a couple of my buddies are always walking around. They're like, oh, there's Darren Roush and there's the, I'm like, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> yeah. What? You know, oh, there's Jason Falls. I didn't know who Jason Falls was, but like sitting two feet away from Jason Falls, watching him present, like that's a little bit of a weird thing. You know, you're, you're watching these kind of famous quote unquote people walk by, you know, just chatting it up. Just, I mean, they're normal people, but well, it's just kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, these, these conferences can be sort of, uh, insular, you know, I mean, it's, they're, they're famous in their circle. Exactly. The, but literally, there are like throngs <laughs> of people waiting to talk to. Yeah. Oh, here's something funny about Jason Falls' presentation. He did an interesting presentation well, about. Well, now asking, wait, you got to you got to talk. Say who Jason Falls is. Speaking of insular, social media <laughs> guru guy. I don't even know what his guru. Sweet. I said guru guy. He has a new uh, book out called No Bullshit Social Media or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's the okay. He's the social media explorer. You got to. He that's his site. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I don't like. I'm not. I know who he is. I follow him on Twitter, but that's about as much as I know him. Nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, and he did a great session about asking right. better questions. It was one of those sort of philosophical, right? You know, and and he gave some great examples uh, um, about things, especially statistics and infographics that people put out that are complete bullshit, and you know, kind of debunked a couple of them, which were which was fun. And then it's ten in the morning, and he's like. Oh, and by the way, he's like, now we're going to have some fun. He goes, and to have some fun, I need a drink. (laughs) So he brought this bacon infused bourbon and he goes and takes a shot of it. And he's like, and I brought, I brought sample cups for all of you. You can all taste it after the session. So there's this big line after the session for people trying the bacon infused bourbon as well. Bacon infused bourbon. That's fantastic. Drinking at 10 a.m. kind of sounds like uh, what happens in a, in a convention in Portland. That's that's true. That's the actually. other place that, that happens. Is, that's isn't it? the other place that happens. That's exactly <laughs> right. Is that what we do? So anyway, enough about Blog World. I thought it was interesting. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure I would go back. I mean, I. But whatever. I thought it was good. Well, good, but not great. How's that? Well, I, no, good, that's not good. Great. I'm, I guess you. You know, you come back. You come back more energized. I. I. The problem that I have with, but I. The reason I didn't go. And the last time I went, it was actually still called the whatever the podcast and media expo mm, or new media mm-hmm. expo right and it so it still is called new media blog world blog and new world media and expo. expo yeah and so you know they they kind of shifted the 
theme, as I understand. But the first time I went, it was actually still very, very podcast oriented. And, and mm. it was it was when bloggers were, you know, the only thing they were thinking about was how can we how can we uh, take this our content into a new channel easily. And and I think, you know, part of the problem that I have with it, and this is a this is a content strategy problem, right, is that, um, you know, it starts to sound like um, the the discussion starts to sound like you know a, a Cutco discussion. Like we're we're trying to we're trying to sell knives. We're just trying to get more more people you know signed up. And how can we monetize content? I mean, as soon as you use the word monetize in a discussion like this, it makes me just sort of throw up in the back of my mouth a little bit because it sort of feels like you've forgotten the intent of the conversation. And when you look at um, you know the per- particularly Pat Flynn who's a smart guy but you go to the smart passive income blog and it's it it's like i i can't separate what that looks and feels like from you know somebody trying to to sell me a dietary supplement like so i just have a hard time taking the, some of the people who are famous in this circle seriously mm-hmm. does that i mean does that no, it makes sense. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of these people are doing this as a business. And by virtue of being in business, you have you have to monetize. So they do. But you know what they don't do? Uh, they don't and they don't necessarily help the people that I'm working with because I'm working with people who actually provide content, not about content. Right. Right. Not meta content. They're building a business. So many of these people are building a business off of building businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking at how do you actually support businesses that are that are not about meta content that are actually teaching organizations about you know some professional domain of experience how do you how do you reuse all this content in a way that that it is not appropriate to use giant slightly opaque dollar signs in the blog posts (laughs) right exactly no and i think that's an interesting point um and some of these things are kind of, again, my colleague and I just kept looking at each other like we're in the wrong industry. Some of these things, people just have had really amazing ideas. Like this one guy who has quit his job and is now podcasting, you know, and running a business full time is the Radio Disney guy. I think right. his name is, what's his name? I'm going to blank on his name. Um, Mangello, Lou Mangello. And he does this Radio Disney. So he does literally, he's moved his entire family to Orlando. And he does a weekly show about Disney Disneyland or is it Disney right. World? Disney World, right? Um, and he's made a killing because you know, guess how many people go to Disney World every year? A lot. Yeah. And like he loves Disney World, and this is his thing. Like you know, I mean, some of these are just sort of. But see, that's know, pop culture exactly. icon sort of stuff. No, I, that I absolutely, um, absolutely agree with. But but I, and so I think those are the more interesting ones. The, Interesting, like yours, for example. I mean, the idea of doing a a podcast around cause marketing because it illuminates a topic that I don't think there's a huge, uh, you know, there's a huge understanding or listenership for already. Right? Exactly. Like it's it's something new. It's something educational. And and how do you actually turn that into a sustainable business? That's a topic exactly. I'm really interested in. Exactly. Well, as am I. <laughs> like more how do i on that how dot, do i dot, live dot. a life more like dane.com <laughs> should i start that one yeah well, we have to we have to rope you back in dane because otherwise that's right live more I like just dane. Gonna, you go dark. i was gonna tell you guys that my mom started a blog what oh yeah oh, man. yeah on what it's, um food being dane's mom dot <laughs> no. com yeah how do, <laughs> that would be that would definitely be a dot net how to raise Satan. <laughs> that would be a dot org. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she, what's her she, blog? What's her, what's oh, her blog? Oh, I'm trying to find the ad. It's something like Simple Edibles or something like that. Um, she has it. <laughs> she, <laughs> she put, oh, it's hilarious. It honestly is. She 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 <laughs> she got some white <laughs> some white lettering from the store the other day and it's on the back. The the blog the blog URL is now in the back window of her car. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> And what she, she does. didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so so I should remember it because I have that image in my head. I, I think it's simple edibles, but it's, not, it's, coming, not, working, it's so. not coming up for me. Uh, well, so simple. Is it simple? Did did she concatenate the E? Uh-huh. She did. So that's the one. Simple edible. Oh, simple edibles. <laughs> right. It's a new word. She invented a word. She and concatenate. Is that a word? Is that Why when else? you run it together? Well, when you when I said concatenate and Dane said yes, she did. Did that give you a hint? 
No, it didn't. <laughs> Because, because Dane buying in on a use of a word is not enough for you to make it legitimate. <laughs> Help for the daily dinner dilemma. Anyway, yeah. So what she does is um, she makes, uh, she, when she makes dinner, she takes pictures of the whole process of the meal she's making. She sure does. Upside down shepherd's pie. I got to say that first picture is... And can I just tell you guys? Because my mom has this reputation, by the way. Uh huh. When when we were growing up, uh, she would she would make dinner, but she would call it an invention. So she would be all proud that she basically fed like six kids on five bucks with a new invention, and it would be, you know, like just throwing some weird stuff together that no one ever thought to throw together and there's no name for the meal. So the meal's name is an invention. Tonight was an invention. And uh, we made lots of fun of her because they were not always good. I meals. have to say the quiche looks good. The ham and Swiss quiche. That uh, looks well, good. So, so starting off, I was, I was like, Oh good. You know, this is, you know, it's a good hobby. It's keeping her busy and whatever. And, um, and I thought, man, she's going to be really like digging in and, you know, making some good like recipes or whatever, you know, like, I don't know, just sort of developing her, her cooking, but it's, it's devolved a bit into more inventions. And I was, <laughs> I was, um, at my sister's house the other day and she, she was telling me that, that my dad, um, he's not happy with what's going on here with the, the, <laughs> the food quality. <laughs> and apparently he uh, confronted her the other day and said, uh, when is this going to end so I can have something to look forward to? <laughs> All right. I have, I have a couple Sorry. of comments. So there are lots of different blogs, lots well, of different blog ideas cute. out there. I like, um, oh, I love that your mom is a blog. Here's I think what you I might need to get her a new camera for Christmas though. Yes, you should definitely do that. And, and I wonder if you could have her change. I don't know. Maybe this is important to her, but it looks like the, the name, her name on the blog is, Quote, if you can dream it, you can do it, dash, dash, Walt Disney. Like, at the end, it says, posted by, if you can dream it, you can do it, Walt Disney, at Thursday, November 10th. What's up with that? As long as she's happy, you know what I mean? I just I don't know who she is. I want to know who she is. I think it's hilarious that she has it on the back of her car. I'm going to do that. that. <laughs> you absolutely should. should. do that. I want to see. I'm going to do that. that. You should all try that. I it looks like so that's chicken, I guess, in the second picture. <laughs> well, it looked like there was like there's a whole bunch of chopped celery and onion and and kind of underneath it it looked like a body. Like maybe there was a severed arm. <laughs> Which recipe are you looking at? The first one. It's after oh, you chop one. the potatoes, then you put the severed arm in with the onions and then just... Yeah. Well, you know, why don't you, you guys all have moms? Like, you know, get, oh my gosh, them. if my mother so. does a blog, I might just have to. I can actually see your mother doing a blog. Uh, I yeah, can, I can see that on yeah. FEMA awareness. I know exactly how to escape well, a I burning actually building. I talked to them about doing something because they do have good content, but um, yeah. they, they they literally looked at me and they're like, "Yeah, that I get it, and that is just way too much work." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, at least you're honest." Oh, so I want some of these meatballs. That actually kind of parlays a bit on something that Pete and I were discussing last week. It's just that whole, and I think this is just, I always come back to this, that, um, and I know you guys do too, that um, there is oftentimes, you know, when you're talking to a business or, or um, an organization, a sense that, well, we're not getting all this free down, free social media and blogging, and it's all free. We can do it for free. But there is a really, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just one of those sort of funny things that I just think always you come back to that, you know, someone needs to recognize how do we do it? Well, how do we do it? Right. How much time is it going to take? What kind of expertise mm-hmm. do we put into it? You, you know, and, and Pete, I know this has been a big topic for, for you that you kind of turned me on to this. Um, the whole content is a content strategy or content right. strategist, right? It just kind of a way to, to, um, put a wrapper in a way. I don't know. Put a, put a structure around what it means uh, as again, a company or an organization to communicate their message. Um, because I think for a long time and, and correct me if I'm wrong that I think, you know, we're all maybe kind of seeing this, but for, for a while there was, okay, you've got your marketing and your advertising over here and your sales and, and all that. And then you've sort of, you're experimenting over here with social media or with a, a blog or with, you know, your online content or, you know, some of these other elements, even your newsletter or your emails, they're just sort of over here on the other side, you know, 
but at the end of the day, um, it really needs to be taken as a whole and you need to have that, that overarching, you know, content strategy so that you have a consistent voice and it, and I think that that can help you sort of shake down what does it make sense to, um, to have on your plate, I guess, to be part of that marketing scope. Um, so maybe a little advertising, maybe your brochure, maybe, you know, uh, a Google brand page or, you know, whatever, uh, maybe a blog, maybe a podcast, but put it together and, and, and almost, you know, with an editorial calendar looking forward and, and, and creating just really a common voice and a common sort of theme to the way that you're speaking through each of these different channels. That is, well, and I think it's just uh, part of it too. This totally brings me back to a conversation I had with my dentist the other day, who is this guy who's about our age he has a successful practice, but of course, which he is wants 25. To, uh, right. Which is 25. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he has a successful practice, but he needs to keep growing it. And he's got this brother-in-law that's very into SEO. Who's like, I mean, he was literally like, Oh, I have to do Facebook now. And I was like, well, why, why are you doing Facebook? Like, who are you targeting? What do you like? He's not asking these questions. He's just saying, I got to do it. Cause I got to do it. So he opened his Twitter account. He's got like two tweets from three weeks ago. He <laughs> oh, has that's a Facebook so page much, with nothing on it. It's and I'm so like, much worse. Dude, that is so much worse. I, well, and I told him that and, and he no. so now he knows he sort of, he feels like he does have to be there. But I said, let's, I said, let's go to lunch. Let's talk about a couple things that would be fun to do. That would be interesting to you because, cause he's like, I don't have time to do this. Like, I don't want to go sit at the computer all night, like pushing content out. And what would I even post? And la, 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 la. So he and I are going to have a, a conversation about some ways that he could make it a little bit more interesting. Just as like, you know, because I like him. He's a nice guy. He's my, he's my friend. But I'm like, don't do it if you're not going to put anything on there because it's not worth your while. And his, his brother-in-law is pushing him to do um, Groupon. He goes, what uh. do you think of Groupon? I go, for a dentist? I go, well, huh? about that like if you're a restaurant sure but as a dentist are you well are you if you st- get creative uh, I, i've seen dental groupons but they tend to be well but it, uh, I come mean, in for a free evaluation right like or, who you know, are you attracting with a dental value. groupon yeah i mean i don't know that doesn't help you build a relationship and it would seem to me That's though true. i am not a dentist that what you're looking and for is to make dentists. them feel yeah is that yeah, i would never buy a dental <laughs> no, groupon are you kidding me the, the the idea is you know to figure out something that really kind of opens up the the practice so that you you're creating a warm environment you're asking questions and and sort of painting a picture that this is a welcoming place that this is not a place where we're going to hurt you even though we probably are (laughs) (laughs) well and and the point is and i i know you were about to expand on this pete but the point isn't well the point isn't to stay at your starting place um how many places can we be and how many you know how many things can we get involved in and how far and wide can can our presence be the point is to start with what are we trying to do here? Who are we, who are we, exactly. who do we want to talk to and what's the goal? Right. And, and then you start to decide what makes sense and what doesn't. Exactly. Well, and I think so, I think that is such a common sentiment that uh, I got to be on Facebook and so-and-so says I should. And I mean, you can, you know, you can really tell those businesses that are on Facebook because somebody told them they had to be. And I don't know about you, but those are not I, I feel pages like, I'm interested in. I, I have I have some clients that are that do very well on Facebook and some that I really feel like I have failed because, you know, in, in my own learning, I have, uh, you know, made those recommendations because, you know, you, you know, substantively that when you are able to engage through Facebook and through, you know, now Google Plus and, and Twitter uh, in the best case scenario. These platforms can drive significant traffic to your content. We right. we know that, right? right? And and yet it is so rarely the best case scenario. Exactly. The best case scenario always means you you have evaluated the opportunity cost and the cost that is not uh, monetary in supporting these assets. And so many people say, "Well, Facebook's a free platform. You know, we can just set up our page and and suddenly true. magic will happen." And yet, as not soon true. as I leave. Uh, who in the organization is going to take up the mantle to to actually create exactly. content? There is a cost to every bit of content you create, whether exactly. you're repurposing old content or creating new stuff from scratch. And and that's the content strategy part of it is is you know businesses generally don't get that there is a cost to every bit of content that you create. 
And that's what's so, what can be so frustrating. And, and that's what's so frustrating about the, the clients I feel like I have failed because I didn't properly engender that kind of, of expectation. Uh, expectation up front. Uh, and then when I leave, the, the pages get stale when it probably yeah. wasn't, imp- wasn't appropriate for them to be on in the first place. Yeah. Uh, we are we are very serious right now. I think we need Dane to tell us something funny. That he okay, I'll knows. tell you something funny. Are you ready? Oh, wow. I was I totally like going to really... tell you about a Bundt cake recipe. Oh, were <laughs> you? <laughs> oh, no, it's awesome. So you take this. It's, this is off your mom's th- simple edibles. It inspired me. You have to take a, <laughs> you take a, you take a chocolate or like some, some powdered cake. You go to the store and you buy yourself uh-huh. just a box cake, right? Okay. And you put, you know, uh, the, the egg in it and uh, a little oil. And then you know what else you do? You put what? in a, a pint of your favorite, like, Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Mm. I'm not kidding you. You mix it all up while it's frozen, right? And then you put it in a bun huh. pan and you cook it. It makes the most moist, incredible <laughs> cake you've ever had in your life. Ever had in your life. It is uh, credit to uh, the good Dr. Joyce McPeak, my high school English teacher, who taught me this cake. Un. Believe I'm gonna post yeah, the recipe. No, she's, she's got a she's I'm taking a walk down recipe. memory lane with these recipes. I'm gonna, it's, been, it's fantastic. I'm I, I get a little email notes. every now and then. Do you remember when you were a little boy and your grandma made these? Anyway, Aww. no, I, yeah. I, yeah. All right. Anyway. So what did you want to talk about? I'm gonna go well, make a cake after this for crying out. I, I did something this week. Oh, you should. Yeah. I, I have. Has anybody heard of the band Mastodon? Uh, it sounds say, sort of familiar, uh, but I don't. I no. can't say that I do. Just yeah, it's just a really heavy, heavy metal kind of a band. Um, Colony of Birchmen, one of their bigger songs. But anyway, Colony, just wait, just Colony straightforward, hard, heavy metal. What? Colony well, of Birchmen. You might have heard that song. Uh, nope. If you have, you're kind of a nerd, probably. But anyway, it's and and so by um, and it came and the concert was by the way the day that um, Call of Duty came out. So I was sort of surprised they had an audience at all there because I think a lot of those folks may have taken the day off work to to play, but um. But they had a good, good audience, and it was really just straightforward, you know, everyone in black, um, lots of facial hair, just like no stragglers, you know, just a straightforward heavy metal show. And I'd had a hard day, so I called a few friends, and I was like, man, we got to go to the show. I just, I got to just, I really got to. I got to get my metal on, you know, no one ever, no one ever says that. So um, I got to get but my here's, metal on. Whatever. I got, I got, I got to rock out. Sorry. I got to just really lose myself into right. this just, you know, heavy show. And, and it was great. And I loved it. And I went with some, some I went with some people who, um, one of whom, for instance, the prior weekend had been in Las Vegas for a Dungeons and Dragons convention. Um, and, and, you know, and, and does that kind of thing quite often. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to paint here is there was some, some metal nerd kind of an element there where they can sort of talk for hours about bands you've never heard of. Um, and in ways that, so I, I get copied on the day after breaking down the concert from the night before, and I'm just in pain, you know, all over my body from, you know, thrashing around and and it was great. (laughs) Ears are ringing and I'm just thinking that was a fun show. But these guys start breaking down everything, the vocals of every band member and the instruments and the tech, like the, the, the sound tech quality and the whole deal, right? Well, now there have been well over 20 emails that I've copied in on with this group. And I'm just really getting the biggest kick out of how much thinking like from a, a nerd perspective <laughs> goes into <laughs> concerts. And at this, this, I just wanted to read, I wanted to share this with you guys if I could. Um, but, but there's been a really big conversation about what, like how to, like what shirts to wear. Okay. To like so this. you're, let me just make sure I understand you going into reading this with expectations very low. Good. Please. Is that right? Yeah. And I should be doing the same. Well, I'm enjoying the heck out of this. Okay. Okay, Share, share. Somebody writes, my rule is you have to try to wear a shirt that is one step heavier or one step more obscure than the band you are seeing. So for Mastodon, you could wear an Opeth shirt or Weed Eater shirt. Dream Theater, you would wear a Mastodon shirt, etc. Well, what do you wear to Weed Eater? If you are heavy and obscure, I submit you have to go old school. Rush, yep, yes, Deep Purple, something like that. And then they ask, like, somebody who apparently has the strongest opinion, hey, what's your etiquette? He goes, my shirt etiquette and protocol. Don't buy a shirt at the show and then put it over your other shirt. Beanie doesn't bother me. Shirts over shirts really bothers me. Maybe sweatshirt, but even then I'm still bothered. 
There are two preferences, both of which have the same purpose. One, wear a shirt from a band that is similar in genre but more obscure. Thus, you assert your dominance over the other people, especially noobs. It also allows you to bond with other awesome people. Number two, wear the band shirt, which you didn't buy at the show, and put on over your polo shirt, but make sure that it's an older shirt, preferably from an older tour. That way you can assert your dominance over other people. You can... I, I would like to submit that no one who is wearing a polo shirt will be asserting their dominance over me if they're wearing a hard rock Dude, shirt. I'm sorry, over I could it. go on and on. I'm getting the hugest kick out of Holy this. Holy smokes. It, it wow. just keeps going, and I'm just loving it. Assert. Your, Your dominance. dominance. <laughs> this guy does not have a girlfriend, does he? I I didn't see girls there, but um, yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, this was maybe uh, I'll just throw a guess out: eighty-five percent male concert, or maybe ninety. I'm not sure. But um, one of the points is that you At, know, if you wear the right kind of shirt to a show like this, you have a good chance what? of meeting like-minded people. All right. But, so, uh, at what point would you wear? At what point would you wear a? Uh, simply I red. A uh, simply red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. You play the game all day, right? Right. Like it's got one step more obscure. That's so right. You look I think you're game. right. I think a simply red shirt demands a Lionel weird. Richie concert. <laughs> then you assert your dominance. Yes. Over the people there. Right? I I wonder at what point you know. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Coldplay. Peter, yeah. Peter, what? Yeah. For what? The record. If you went to a concert like this, you would almost certainly get beat up. <laughs> I, Hi, I'm really just philosophizing. I would not go. I, <laughs> yeah, don't wear Glee to Mastodon. With your, that, with your, with your in the buff t-shirt. Uh, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm going <laughs> to make sure to wear my, my ITB garb to, uh, That's obscure. to a Mastodon show. <laughs> anyway, I had a fun time. And these guys really are fun. Like just, you know, That's like just funny. Rock. I mean, I love it. That's I, fantastic. I out of it. I I, I wonder what the thing. same I wonder what the etiquette is for uh, shredding uh, t-shirts. Like at what point you buy a new shirt and then manually sh- like rip holes in it. Okay, so can I just tell you something that actually does relate to this story? Oh, there please. is a guy that I heard a story. It must have been on NPR who has taken old collectible rock shirts and has turned them into quilts. Yes, you heard that right, quilts. And they're going for like thousands of dollars. So he's not only used all of his own T-shirts, but he's used, he's collected T-shirts from friends of his that also, you know, had this collection of old rock T-shirts. Um, yeah, thousands of dollars on a freaking quilt of old rock band T-shirts. Wow. Well, and, it, and it brings to mind that, you know, you, you can really get caught up thinking that, you know, new technologies create new businesses and you can maybe spend a week thinking, what blog can I make that'll make money? But good old-fashioned quilt making, it's still the, you know. Hello. Come on. You know what? Your mom could start a blog. You and your mom could go into business together. Doing, I, I won't doing do rock that, t-shirt quilts. Rock t-shirt Mastodon quilts. shirt And then quilts. blogging about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. no. She's, she's <laughs> doing could be just great with her food blog. Daneandhismom.com. <laughs> which, which actually that may be misinterpreted so for something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I want to, Dane, uh, tell, can you tell us about, because uh, we talked a lot about uh, AdWords, AdWords uh, last week, right? We talked a little bit about AdWords, didn't we? Or was that the week before? I no, want to talk, talk about, about this AdWords. AdWords. We've been talking about uh, the, the new twist on AdWords. Can you just fill us in on what this uh, cockamamie AdWords Express is? This is like the golden arches of AdWords, it seems like. I, I've yet to actually sign up for an AdWords Express account or anything like that, or, or you but, know, but you know, to, to you're take a, that it's but, new, and you're a smart guy, and well, people oh. may have seen it. Well, if people, if you log into AdWords and um, you're served this quite often, and even though I've got you know um, an MCC account, I, I'd still get for whatever reason thrown to this AdWords Express suggestion. It's essentially, as I see it, um, Google's attempt to really, really spread out. Um, the, uh, I guess their AdWords income as far as and wide as possible. So it's it's really just a way for them to set up, you know, the small business owner that is intimidated by AdWords or really doesn't want to, um, you know, create an advanced, you know, multi-keyword campaign, um, doesn't want to really, uh, you know, get analytical, I guess, about their approach and, and that that would maybe you know, that would maybe turn them off anyways, or that, you know, they don't want to hire an agency or somebody else to manage it. They just don't have that kind of a budget, but they want to do, 
something. And, and so for many businesses, it's a, you know, this is a good, you throw down your credit card, set up a little account and, um, and you, there's not much you can really do with it. There are a few things I guess you can do. I think Google's making the assumption you're probably not going to do much of anything. So they're just going to automate almost everything about it. Um, and, so and, you, you just tell what you're, here's your business, here's where you are, here are a couple yeah, of keywords and, and, and Google does the rest. Primarily for like a local business who wants some local traffic so that, because those are searches that maybe aren't, and let's just say you're a restaurant, you know, in, in Portland. Um, well, someplace with some sort of a storefront or retail, like, would you say it's yeah. more geared toward retail than, uh, you know, I guess it, I service industry. Yes. I think it, I don't know about retail, but I think, and apparently there was originally, um, and, and maybe this just changed. Um, there was a tie in, like, if you're going to sign up for this account, you also have to confirm your places like, um, right. Google places. So that, so, so that you are, I mean, it's good for you and it's good for them that a business goes in, uh, and verifies your location and then your you showing up on the map and and maybe you get an opportunity to to just sort of put some information there that and that helps google um from that side of things that their maps are correct and accurate and people are using them and now apparently that's not a requirement to sign up for adwords express um uh but there is a little bit of a connection there uh, and again i'm not i, I don't you know this is a big obviously adwords is a big global product and uh I, you know I don't know that it is that critical for, you know, for lots of different kinds of businesses. But, uh, you know, if you, if you're just trying to drive some extra traffic, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, well, I you know, what I thought was so interesting about it is that well, the, exp- that's where it's, I think, ideal. Well, I told to cut you off. I'm sorry. I thought, you're fine. Uh, well, I, you know, I was thinking <laughs> that it's, it's a, it's like a training wheels kind of a product. And, yeah, and one of the things I was noticing is that, you know, if you already, uh, you know, if you have any experience at all in PPC advertising, it's probably not uh, not what you want. You're probably going to hit the ceiling of what it can do pretty quickly. And even Google itself has a you know has links all over it that says you know, are you a distributed business? Do you are you more than a local business? You, we're going to push you to AdWords. We're going to push you to the regular product. Yeah, uh, they're pretty clear that, that, about that. that. You no, know, that's right. Yeah, because once you're locked in it. Well, and I don't know what sort of transfer there would be. Uh, I assume maybe you could upgrade, but within this, as I understand it, within AdWords Express, yeah, there's just, again, there's an assumption, and this is a correct assumption, I, I believe, that there are a lot of people who would love to spend a little bit of money, you know, every month on um, getting a little better exposure on people's, you know, search results, um, obviously getting your, you know, your map places page correct and, and verified uh, by you. Those are good things, and but you're just not going to do much. You're not going to really yeah. go in and spend your time managing it. You, you wouldn't really know how. You wouldn't really want to. And this, we'll see. You know, these kinds of things obviously are always evolving, and um, and it's already evolved a little bit. So I I, I don't think it's a bad. I I mean, I think this again. This is I, you, I'm sort of surprised, honestly, that that Google hasn't done more to um. To keep to push products, the variations like this out there because you know this is obviously the, the biggest source of income and and it's a massive. I mean, AdWords is a massive product and it's and it's got massive you know use and traffic. But you walk down the street and there are and almost every business you pass is not using Google AdWords, right? Right. right. So it's what well, I mean. What are they using? Yelp, uh, Facebook, uh, right? If if anything at all, but yeah. Or, you know, maybe they've got the same website that they had right. had now for 10 years and never have done anything with it. Or or maybe they've got a great website. And it goes back, of course, to how many things can you manage effectively. And But you're right. Yeah. I mean, for a restaurant um, or something like that, Yelp or uh, what, Urban Spoon, some of those are, are more critical. And I, I, I would definitely argue that those are, you know, it's it's a higher priority to be paying attention to what people are saying about you and whether or not your profile and, you know, pictures are uploaded and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. on those definitely more important. But, um, but this, you know, this sort of can get you started and, and have something there. And I do think sometimes that it, that even if you don't drive traffic, because, and again, if you're a local restaurant or something, 
uh, if people see uh, your ad pulling up in AdWords, and even if they don't click on it, I, I do think there's a little bit of like, oh, well, they're, you know, it, it gives you, it's almost like a branding boost to have that show up and, and, and you look a little more savvy or you look a little more prominent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think you could argue for that, but I don't think it's critical for most local small businesses. But anyway, All right, yeah, so it's, hey, it's a smart got- idea. I've got a real-time consulting case for each of you. Oh, no. It's really quick. So I just did this big white paper, and we're doing a webinar on cause marketing on Facebook, as you know. Yeah. So Yeah, because you wrote the book on it, we said. Whatever. You're a book writer on this thing. I'm not. The book. Um, so I went in and did all these AdWords, but not they all were disapproved because they all said Facebook in them because of, what was the reason? It said trademark terms. Yeah. So how do I advertise for a report on cost parking on Facebook if I can't say Facebook? Well, do you have to say Facebook? I, well, I don't get I mean, it. It's really the paper is out. kind of called Cause Marketing on Facebook, right? Like, so now I just have to call it like social media? I mean, that's irritating. Huh. Do you think they'll take well, FB? Well, you're going to have to come up with something. Yeah, I think that, well, I don't know well, if, if FB is, too. I don't know if, it, yeah, because we are the arbiters of trademark success. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't imagine that FB that is, I, I, I can't imagine them getting away with trademarking FB, but I can totally understand why Google wouldn't want to touch Facebook, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the trade name. Uh, and just, you actually, you know, I don't know what, I, I don't, I don't know. Could, could Facebook come back and give you trouble? Uh, for using their name in the title of your book for somehow, for making a profit somehow, off of somehow I doubt it. Yeah, I kind of doubt it too. Because well, I doubt they'll find Laurie it. Smith would not have a business. Well, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, I think they. I think they could. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I would. I, I would at least have that in the back of your mind. I mean, I've. I, I just had a client the other day who got so upset because we used the same font as their logo font, which is not a, you know, designed font, but they requested mm-hmm. that we take it down. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I honestly, I don't know, uh, what the ramifications are of, of that disc. I don't think they necessarily had a, a legal, um, sort of stance, although their logo was just the name of their business in that font. And they called us and said, if you want to keep doing business with us, you take it down. You can't use you can't use the treatment the way you did, um, you know, in, wow. in your on your website when when referring to us, and wow. so we took it down. I, you know, it's just it, it, you know, I I was personally sort of professionally kind of insulted by that. It, it drove me crazy because it seemed so old world. But here I am with this client who needs to be in business with this publication, and and they said take it down, take it down because we don't want to we we want to keep going to conventions with this publication. We want to keep you know getting articles published with this publication and and so i i wonder if if uh, as sensitive as the these big brands are to how you use their name well and i think that businesses always have to take they have to um make the calculation of at what point uh are they doing nothing but protecting a, a look or or their name or whatever intellectual property and at what point are they um willing to overlook that to help further their their brand or their presence or the use of their product or so it's kind of a PR balance versus a legal balance and I you know so I think companies obviously are always doing that and I think people get surprised Pete that um, you know when they start to get into areas like that uh, get a little bit surprised at what can't be done or what people can legally protect or at least can threaten to protect there I think are a lot of people who um who underestimate or miscalculate uh, just know. just how far? Well, and and yeah. brands have to be have to err on the side of of sort of being conservative, right? They, mm-hmm. they have to uh, to attempt to protect in every angle, right? Every possible trajectory of violation, um, because if they don't, they risk losing it, right? And that's just a simple rule of of you know the way of the rule of law is set up in this country. Uh, and so you often get surprised, at least I am surprised at the, at the, you know, at the lengths to which brands will go 
to protect things that seem to me uh, to be innocuous or to deny permission to cross advertise using some sort of a logo or trademark or something, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a result well, that normally would be mutually beneficial. And yet the law is not set up to always uh, cater to mutually beneficial. Well, from the cause perspective, this is a big deal with Komen because they, you know, they've got every, their trademark pink and they've trademarked for the cure. So really, they've gone after quite, quite aggressively these small charities that use the color pink and say, you know, um, kite flying for the cure. I mean, they literally will go after these charities. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. But you can't trademark pink. Right. Well, no, you can't trademark pink. It, the the AdWords uh, actually has a a policy. Um, you know, their AdSense and AdWords trademark policy is pretty clear and and um, you know, we can put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, I, maybe I apparently I need notes. it. <laughs> um <laughs> So, uh, well, I'll drop that in the show notes. It's a, you know, I mean, it pretty much just says we take it seriously and, you know, you're responsible for the keywords that you use to generate advertisements, but any Mm -hmm. of the creative we take very seriously. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, and and by the way, if you get that, if, if, uh, if you've put keywords into your AdWords campaign that have been unapproved, don't just pause them, like delete them. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. You have to delete them. Um, They'll, well, they're they'll, not keywords. It was part of the ad. Can I just edit the ad? Oh, the ad. Um, it edit it. I don't. Well, at least yeah. I don't think I'm just saying, don't don't leave something that's not been approved by uh, Google in a paused status. Okay. Either change it or delete it. Okay. Okay. What What's the ramifications of not doing that? Um. The, as is. You know, let's be clear. The they know Google. where you live. They yeah, have you but, on the map. Exactly. And, and these are, you know, there, there isn't. Yeah, someone isn't going to show up on your doorstep, and, and you're not going to be sued. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it, it just puts a little black mark on your record. Yeah. Right. It, it, some way of saying that. <laughs> some ambiguous way of saying, you know, you're just going to be better off if you. Mm-hmm. And, and I know so. that at one point, I think I had one keyword in a massive campaign of thousands of keywords that had not been approved, and. um and I was working with somebody at Google, uh, or we were setting up, you know, just getting some help, like some pointers from from uh, a Google employee with with an AdWords account um, that actually the client had had sort of set up. And they said, you know, w- w- we'd like to do this. We're going to give you whatever, like a couple hours of free consultation. You have to delete that keyword first, or we can't talk to you. Wow. Okay, and but then I interestingly it enough, we were good. I just looked in my keywords, and I do have Facebook in my keywords, but those haven't been disapproved. Right, because okay. you're responsible for your keywords, but not but at, but Google watches the creative. The creative, okay. So that's that's, that's although you can it. you can get keywords um, disapproved. It, it can happen. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and, but and I, then I I'm just in that, that case. Though, right? Delete that. Yeah, you'd yeah. see it in the status. Okay, all right. It's pending, approved. I don't want to get active, in trouble. Pause, whatever. Oh, you're fine. When I when I first started, this was probably I don't know, well, years ago when I first started advertising online, I got my entire account shut down off of Google because I was in a client situation, and I opened up my account and I happened to be logged in to AdWords or to Ad. This was AdSense, and we were actually placing ads on a site. And uh, I clicked on the ads, right, to demonstrate what happens when you click on, say, a display ad from another website. And they came down so hard and so fast because it, you know, by all appearances, it looked like I was stuffing ads, right? I was, you know, I was clicking on my own ads to generate generate revenue. I was not. I just totally absentmindedly clicked on an ad that I had placed to demonstrate what happened for a client. And it was well, so fast. Why would they care? Because you just have to pay for it. No, the client, the, the advertiser pays for it, right? I don't, I don't pay anything, right? Say I click on a vacuum cleaner ad that I had I Google know you placed. you don't pay anything, but no, you're but, the one but who set Go- up. But Google has, they've built in um, like algorithms or that's whatever right. that watch for things like competitors yeah. clicking competitor ads. That's yeah. what I mean. And so I ended up getting my entire account shut down. It I took see. three weeks okay. to come back to get that back up Ooh. and running. So Painful. they're just they're just very serious about that. And and you know, those those protections are in place for a reason. And that's a good thing. It's just, you know, I think Dane's right. If if there is any question at all, delete it. 
because okay. you, you don't want your business to slow down. This is all run by a computer that is not uh, that is you know only as smart as the people who put the rules in. So, uh, so that's it. Excellent. Thank you, boys, for the real time consulting. Well, I appreciate it. There you go. Uh, okay, what were we talking about before that? Did we have what did we we talked about uh, the Ad, AdWords Express? Did we have something else on the? No, docket? that was it. I we think covered that was it. it. I think, think Megan's got to run. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got to get out of here. Well, it's just good to have you back. It's good to be back. Yeah. I'm excited. You're going to put you know this what, on your you calendar. You know what I love? I love when Dane brings us funny stories to talk about. <laughs> I know. You love that sometimes. Other Can times, I, wait, I have you... one. I have one tech thing. Can we just talk about one tech thing? Uh, yeah, a tool. You mean? <laughs> no, it's not a tool. It's a news. It's a bona fide news story. I feel like I buried the what? lead. This was what? the big news of the week uh, that Adobe announced. Uh, yeah, did you hear this right. announcement? I saw you post that. Adobe announced that they are no longer going to develop Flash for mobile. That is so big, and yeah. it extends to TVs. Like it extends wow. to their Flash is not going to be a technology that they pursue in the mobile uh, space, mobile and entertainment or TV space, only on the web. That's a huge deal. Yeah. And, and, or admittance, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it leaves, it leaves the bigger, I, I think actually, I ended up coming out on this, that Adobe took the high road here. And I think it, they didn't say it very clearly. I think it's great that they said that they are, they are actually taking an assertive progressive kind of forward-looking stance on the technologies that are in play right now and comparing flash to html5 i mean it's it, it's just they're making the smart move and and getting back to what i believe adobe does best which is making terrific uh tools for creatives to actually create uh but man this makes google and htc and wow does it make blackberry it makes rim look terrible and in fact yeah. rim is so stubborn this actually is the the news that rim has decided we know adobe's not going to do this but we're a licensor of of flash so we're going to go ahead and keep developing it on our own and if you're not following the disaster that rim is in right <laughs> yeah. now uh, i know yeah that, do you do you a, need to keep like putting lead weight in your boat oh my goodness i i actually <laughs> i i mean I, I you know i posted it and and i i feel like you know to me the it's like dumb is it turns out is a uh a differentiator at this point and they're just gonna play the dumb card and just be dumb and that's okay it's fascinating it's just fascinating what's going on in this market it is yeah Anyway, I feel like we just had to bring that up. I, I, you know. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> now my day is complete that I've had my dose of... See, I just appreciate you guys because I need my dose of tech sort of stuff because I am probably not going to seek this out and keep up to date on it myself unless it happens to fall in my lap but or, or unless it has to do with cause marketing. So thank you, boys. Well, I always like to make sure that we are the delivery of technology to your lap. You are. You are. Yeah, this was a good time. Good times. Good times. Good times. You guys uh, have a great week. <laughs> yeah, you too. Right. Talk to you guys next week. All right.